and welcome back to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm a professionally certified ADHD coach with over 10 years experience, and I am always on the lookout for tools and resources and ways to make my life easier and level the playing field so that I'm thriving with ADHD. And I love to bring those resources here and share them with you in the hopes they do the same in your life. Today, I'm going to be sharing uh, what I'm calling a Christmas Eve hack that I did that went even better than I could have hoped. And then I have an ADHD friendly tool that I've shared in the past, but I'm going to update even more. It's word of the year. So I'm going to talk about that. And then the main topic for today is daily planning. So last week I talked about how to plan your year. And so now I'm going to go much smaller and talk about how to plan your day. And then I've got a subscriber update. See here, if you're watching me on YouTube, if not, I invite you to check out my YouTube channel, um, ADHD Friendly Podcast. And as always at the end, when I'm just wrapping up, I'll share some highlights of what's coming up in the next episode, which I'm really excited about. All right. So let's start with my celebration. It's a pickle gift celebration. And I shared in a previous episode how um, it kind of imploded on me last a year ago, Christmas Eve, where the same kid of mine. So if you're not familiar, the pickle gift is a German tradition where you, there's like a little glass pickle ornament that you hide in the tree. And on Christmas Eve, um, whoever finds the pickle, pickle ornament gets a, gets a little small gift. And it's like, for us, it's like the first gift of Christmas. It's the Christmas Eve gift. And the same kid who won it the previous three Christmas Eves turned around and found it in less than five seconds. And it created some not fun for the kids who didn't win. And I say kids loosely, they're, they're, <laughs> they're not little, um, but it, it kind of dampened Christmas Eve that year. And so this year I just really, I was debating giving up the tradition. I thought, you know what, it's had its run. But then I decided, I, I had an idea that I decided to try. And I told the kids in advance, if it doesn't go well, we're, we're just going to call it and it's okay. But they were open to trying it. I was open to trying it. So I bought three more pickle ornaments and I just found them at Hobby Lobby and um, they look different from the original one. So I made the original one pickle ornament number one, and I numbered them each. And I made the other two, three, and four. I have four kids. And all of them would search the tree on Christmas Eve and find a pickle ornament. And the number that they got corresponded with a little gift bag. And all of the gifts were about, you know, the same monetary value. They were all different, but they're just small little gifts. It's really about the fun. And that's what I really was trying to intentionally highlight. And I still had a little trepidation. I wasn't quite sure if like somebody might get something that they're like, oh, I wish I had that one. But I told them, I said, this is it. This is what we're going to try. And if it doesn't work, we're going to call it. Well, it went beautifully. Everybody was really open to it. They had fun. Everybody loved what they got. I actually um, had a conversation with my one of my kids last night, and he was telling me how much he still loves. It's just like a little phone stand. <laughs> like, I love it. And I'm like, okay. And again, it was just a small little thing. I just found fun, useful things. And everybody really enjoyed it. So I just want to celebrate that sometimes... Um, with ADHD brain wiring, we need to use our creativity to come up with fun ways to do things or change things up if they're no longer fun or they're just not working for some reason. And so we decided to keep it going. So um, that was just a little hack I wanted to share and acknowledge myself that I found a different way to not let go of the tradition and keep it going 
in a new and inviting way instead of a way that was creating stress and not working for everybody. All right. Now on to this week's ADHD friendly tool, and that is to have a word of the year or a theme of the year. I've talked about this in depth way back in episode 13. So if you want to hear more about the premise and you know a lot more details on it, I invite you to go check out that episode. But in a nutshell, a word of the year or a theme of the year can really just bring intention and clarity and focus, even like ground your year. It's like a like a filter instead of having everything you're trying to focus on, it can really give you like a theme to focus on. And it just helps to prioritize, maybe even create boundaries. It's like, no, no, you know, that doesn't align with my, my focus for this year or my word of the year. So it can give you a way to kind of help make decisions with more ease. So in the past, I've, I've used words like brave. And I always really encourage when I'm working with clients around a word of the year, how are you going to remember your word? What prompts will you need to keep it relevant? And in, in, your radar throughout the course of the year. So when I had brave, I had a very large picture of an elephant in my office. And I just printed out a little picture of uh, a rhino horn and I cut it and I pasted it on the elephant to remind me to be brave, to, to kind of like charge forward. And, and then I had a little charm. So I typically look for a charm. So this is like my necklace that I just keep adding random little charms for words of the year over the years. And so I have my turtles. I have a little time turtle. Last, last year, my word was time. The turtles were for um, balance. One year, my word was balance. And I wanted to remember to balance my work life a little bit more and be aware of, you know, this is kind of tilting the scales too much. What do I need to bring it back in balance? And so this year, my word of the year is intention. And I got to tell you, try to find a picture of intention. <laughs> There's not a lot out there. So I had a hard time finding something that felt like it would connect me to the word intention. And I'm very visual. So I knew I needed a visual prompt for it to stay in my awareness. So I made one. So I like the idea of um, an arrow kind of like aiming. It's like my intention is. And then I just found some, I put some words in here that I thought would help me connect to it. So I wrote, I wrote energy flows where intention goes. And then a little question to remind me, what is my intention? So when I think about something, it really, it just feels like it grounds me really effortlessly of what's my intention here? Is my intention this? And if not, is it out of alignment with my intentions? So I'm just going to play with that this year and, um, and just notice how it works for me. My other prompt, I ordered it. It's not here yet. So I'm just going to show a picture I took of it. It's a little charm that says live with intention. So it's going to add to my, uh, my charms on my little necklace to remind me that's my intention. So I always need a, usually a couple of prompts to remind me. So I've got one that can sit in my office. I will have one that I'm adding to my necklace and I may even remove the others. I'm thinking they might be coming a little cluttered. So I might kind of just leave that one on instead of having all the previous year's ones on here. So intention is my word. If that resonates with you, I, I invite you just to explore what one word theme or, you know, what one word has an energetic connection for you that would help you to get what you're looking for in 2023, have more alignment with what you want this year. All right. So now on to the topic for today. How do we plan for the day? And I'm going to talk you through my daily planning process, but first I want to show some examples. So again, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm just going to be holding up some different examples. You want to check out 
my YouTube channel to see them. So the first is, and this is, um, and I'm not even sure if, if this is the same tool that she uses, but this is from Mary D. Sklar's Seeing My Time um, tools. And if you're not familiar with Mary D, she is just a, a time guru. She just understands executive functions and time in such a, a foundational level that helps people to connect to them. But this is her daily planner. So I'm just gonna hold it up for you to see. It comes in a, a pad, you could, you could just tear off sheet every day. Um, I like the idea of this with the time, with the different categories. She has a box for communications, a box for errands, a box for things not to forget, and then a nice open space in the middle to write things down. I always encourage clients when I'm working with them around a planner, a lot of us have resistance to planners. We didn't have a really good experience with them either in school or um, in work, or you know, somebody gave us a planner that they expected us to use. That happens a lot with my students where a school has like they've decided to print 1200 planners and they give one to every student and they require them to use it. it does not often work for us. We need to notice what type of planner works for the way we're, we're using it. So I always encourage people, try one. If it doesn't work, notice what you liked and didn't like, and then look for something that has the thing you like, but doesn't have the things you don't like. So if, if a share, tear pad works, there's planner pads, there's different things that do it. Um, in that format. So just notice the layout. I'm really sensitive to even the spacing. So like for me, like these little close lines, they just don't work for me. And the layout of the time doesn't work for me. But again, it's only from me trying it that I noticed what I liked or didn't like. There's a lot of things that I like about almost every planner I try. And then I just note what I don't like. So this is um, a Panda planner. I love Panda planners. Um, but I'll tell you what I liked and didn't like about this. So I've actually used a number of Panda planners. They come undated. They're a little bit more expensive. Um, I used them for, this was back in 2017, I used this one. And I filled it up all the way to, you know, there's like five to right here. So there's just like three or four pages I didn't use. Um, so I stuck with this one for a really long time. What I liked was it had prompts, what I'm grateful for. And it has just three places to write down what you're grateful for, what I'm excited about today. So I liked that. I like that it had a place for me just to list my today's priorities. It had a place for me to add an affirmation if I had an affirmation, a focus for the day, or if I was exercising to track what I was doing and write it down. Then it had a place for me to write my appointments. It had a place for tasks with little check boxes, which I really, really liked. And then just a place to write notes. And here's what I found really sparkly when I used this. It had a way to recap the day. So at the end, it asked for your wins for that day and how I'll improve. So noticing, right? It gives you that, it's almost like coaching you a little bit. It's asking you to notice what would you do differently to make tomorrow even better? So I love the prompts in here. I like the, the clean layout. This, like I said, really did work for me for a while. But um, what I noticed was because my brain is often in that all or nothing space, if I couldn't fill in all the boxes it would get in the way. So I felt an expectation and this was self-imposed. It was my expectation that I needed to fill these things in. Like when I started the day, I had to come in and if I didn't, it, it was really uncomfortable. So it got in the way of me sustaining it. And again, it was just something I noticed. I liked the prompts, but I didn't always like feeling, filling them in, but I also didn't like the feeling I had if I didn't fill it in. So that became a challenge for me over time. But I, again, I really like that layout. If that's something interesting, I invite you to check it out. This is just a, uh, a, it's a week planner that you can use as a day planner by Blue Sky. It's more of an academic planner where it 
really just has um, a layout for the week, but you can just look at it each day. What I particularly like is that it has a place for you to write down any appointments or anything. And then it has little, I love when the check boxes are already in there, little place to write down tasks and check them off as you do them. It has space to write priorities on top. And again, you can see more than one day at a time, but you can use it just for each day. So if you like to lay out your day while well, you can also see what's coming up, this layout can be an ADHD-friendly tool to use to support yourself in planning your day. Another format that's similar to that, um, it's a daily slash weekly planner. And this is from the Work Smart Academic Planner. Um, I, I have just love planners. I love to try new planners. So I have tons of them. And so I just wanted to highlight a couple of different examples. Again, this is an academic planner and they tend to um, kind of lay out the whole week like this, where you can write down what you need to do over the course of the week. You can write down your tasks. Um, and it just kind of gives you a framework to work from. This layout, I've never wrote in this once. It doesn't work for me, but I, I like to, again, kind of play with it and just notice what I like or don't like. And then finally, I have this Just Breathe planner. I, I remember I think this again was a 2017 planner. I bought it and tried it because I liked that it had a place for goals. I liked that it had the month tabs laid out. Um, so I, I always like a planner that has month end week. And so, and then it breaks it down by day. So I just wanted to share again, this is kind of one that you would lay out and you would do your day plan but you could see other days in the week on the same page. So it has a place for priorities. It has secondary priorities, other priorities, and then a place for notes and ideas. So you can see your schedule and you can write down your tasks, little check boxes to check them off. So again, if you want to see more than one day, but it still has the structure of a planner, this could be a tool to explore. This is a larger planner. I have noticed over time, I don't like junior size planners. I like a, a full eight and a half by 11 size planner. So just again, to note, what size planner would work for you? If it's too small, you're not gonna write in if you don't like that. If it's too big and bulky and you won't carry it around or it, it, it just isn't gonna work for you, really know what size planner works for you. What page layout works for you? Um, the ink, the color of the pages. I don't like a lot of um, busy pictures in the background. I've noticed that again over the years. I like it to be more clean and less distracting, but I don't mind a little bit of decoration, but more like on the border than it you know, like in the background of the page. So just allowing yourself to notice what works for you. So I've created my own planner over the years that I continue to tweak. It's, it's always something that's a work in progress. And I'm just going to share my planner and the, the process I use to do my daily planning each and every day. All right. So here is, again, I'm going to be holding up lots of examples. Here is a blank daily planning sheet. So I like my date, my calendar events to be on the right-hand side of the page. I have priorities with one, two, three, and then I have things that I want to do. So they're not the priority, but I might also want to do this. So I have it here. And then I have things to keep on my radar that might be coming up in the future, but I don't want to forget them. So I have a place for that. I even have things I want to outsource to other people. I'm trying to build my outsourcing muscle. I often don't use that box, but it's there to remind me, is there something you could outsource? You're not asking yourself to do it. And then in the bottom, I have just a place for successes and notes. I'll show you in a previous one. So this is from just last month. So this is my 2023 edition. And in my December one, I had boxes down here at the bottom. So you can see, so you can see I've taken them out. 
um, I've just left lines instead of like like large boxes instead of the small divided boxes um, because I wasn't filling them in. It, there was something about the, the space to write in. I just wasn't using it. And I thought, you know, let's try larger boxes. So I just tweaked it this year. And you'll note, I also made the side that I write my time in. If you compare the top and the bottom, I made this column smaller and this writing space bigger. Again, it's only through using my planner that I know what works or doesn't work. So I can continue tweaking it to make it work for me. And then I just want to take you through my process. So the very first thing that I do is I write down my schedule. So these are the hard appointments that aren't going to change. I can't do anything else during that time. So I write the date and then the, the schedule I have, and then I always fill in lunch. Then the next step is to block open time with a different color. So I'm gonna hold this really close so you can see I've got my client times written in there. And then I blocked in pink the times I could work on other things. Because again, when I'm meeting with clients, I can't do anything else. When I'm having my lunch, I'm not doing work. That's my break time. So I have these broken in. And then up here, I just showed in time circles, I have 15 minutes and then a slash means not together. So I have a time here and then a separate time block here. And then I have two hours together. So I have 15 minutes and then I have a one hour time block by itself. And then I have at the end of the day, a two hour time block. Again, this is my own shorthand. The lines help me to see, is that like a three hour block or is it a three one hour block? So I know what types of things I can plan in that time. There are certain tasks I won't even approach them. If I have to like record a podcast, I will not do that in an hour time block, but I could do it in a two hour time block, but it depends on where it is. If it's at the end of the day, I'm not doing it. I have to have morning time to do my podcast. It takes entirely too much focus for me to try to do it at the end of the day. I'll just frustrate myself. Again, learning how your brain works, leaning into your patterns and acknowledging instead of fighting against it is one of my um, things that I've just really learned over the years. It works so much better for me if I work with my brain than if I try to push against it. All right, so this is steps three through five. So after I block the time for appointments, I added the open blocks, I write in my priority tasks. So here I have, I'm prepping for my clients, which I put a little time circle to show how much time I need for that. And then I had to do final edits to my club pomp slides. So these are my priorities and that's about an hour. I colored in the entire circle for that. And then in things I want to do, I need to renew my HVAC service. That was like a personal thing for my home. I needed to send a client an article that came up in a session and I had to send um, a client a link to a tool that came up in a session. So I, I really wanted to get those done before the end of the day on Thursday. So what I did was because I estimated how much time they took, I was able to look over here in my open slots and know where I could fill things in. So of course I'm prepping for a client before I meet with that client, but then I had more prep to do for the following three clients. So this was really just prep and a break so that my brain would be ready for the rest of the morning clients. Then I had my break for lunch. And then in my two hour block, I decided I would start my club palm slides first because I really need to get that done because the meeting was the next day. And then I could call the HVAC and send client resources after that. And then I always write when I'm done for the day. And then I decided I would go for a walk. That would be a good time for me to target. And I always flag my exercise like that so that if it was earlier in the day, I could move it around if I need to. If it was raining when I got up or you know something that I'm looking at, what does it look like that I can fit it in? So I'm also not forgetting that that's my plan and what I want to do. All right. So that was my plan. And then 
step six, my final step is I just do a really quick end of the day review. And all that involves is the same planning sheet. I just look at it and see, I check things off during the day as I go through them and I note what I get done. So I ended up doing the call and the client resources, but I did not do the Club Palm final edits because I looked at my next day on Friday and I saw I had time in the morning to do it. And I just, my brain was really feeling fatigued after all of those client sessions. So I circled it and drew an arrow. And to me, that means put it on the next day. And that's part of my end of the day process is I just went and I got my Friday planning sheet out and I wrote it here. Final edits and print and time block, which is a Friday activity I would do before my Club Palm session. And then I just put a little flag here with check boxes that I could check it off. And that's what I did. I came in that morning and I did it. It created urgency because I was meeting with my Club Palm group at 11. So I had plenty of time to do that and I knew my brain would be fresh. And so even though I prioritize that, I really have to acknowledge when it's not going to work. And if I have time to do it in a different time block that would work better for my brain, I can allow myself to do that. If I had something already scheduled Friday morning, it would have created urgency and I would have gotten the, the Club Palm slides done Thursday like I had intended to. So the end of the day review is really just about looking, how did my plan go? What did get done? What didn't get done? So that I'm going ahead and adding it to the next day. So it's already there. So when I arrive on Friday, I already had that written up there and I could just go ahead and follow my plan. I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions, I invite you to reach out to me, uh, post a message. You can email me directly, patty at addpositivefocus.com. That's A-D-D, positivefocus.com. I'm always happy to talk about planning and planning tools. They are something that has literally changed my life. Um, because it just gives me such a grounding, such a sense of calm when I know I can see the space of time I have to do the things I want to do. And it instead of feeling untethered, like I'm going through my day with a lot of stress and a lot of kind of positive hope that it's going to work out, I know things will work out or I know where to move things to if I need to adjust them because I've got a template to follow. All right. So that's it for daily planning. Um, and just, you know, invite you to explore if there's a tool, if there's a way, and if this feels entirely too much, maybe there's one thing, maybe there's just a, a little, I know knock, knock planners have like daily planning tear sheets too. It might be just like one sparkly little tool just to play with as you just begin putting a little bit of structure around seeing your day a little bit more concretely. And I'm sure you noticed all of my examples were external, visible, concrete tools. It's where I really do encourage my clients and my own family members to use concrete tools wherever possible. I know I, I use digital planning as well, but the concrete tools are my go-to so that I can see them and manipulate them instead of having to go into an app or into a device and, and work from there. So if I do have it in a device, I'll, I'll print it out so I can see it. All right. So now I have a really quick subscriber update. You can see from my, my little, uh, flip chart here. I've, I've gone up to one five zero one fifty, And I just want to say, thank you so much. I have no idea um, how this is happening. I'm just so excited and so very, very grateful. It just felt like it was just really difficult in the beginning. And I know, um, part of that was just because I wasn't talking about the fact that I was doing a podcast because it just felt really uncomfortable and I didn't know what I was doing and I'm still learning so much, but I am so appreciative of each and every person that subscribes, that shares it with someone so that if 
there's somebody in their life or somebody they know who could benefit from the information that I share, if you're passing it on, thank you so very, very much. I really genuinely appreciate it. Um, so thank you. And again, if, it, if this information could help someone else in your life, please pass it on and share it. That's how other people will find it. All right, so now a quick recap. I shared at the top of this episode, my pickle gift um, tradition hack, where I just, instead of doing one pickle, I modified it and got four pickles, one for each kiddo and just small little gifts. And it just went off lovely. And now I'm already like excited thinking about what small things could I do for next year's pickle gifts. So it's even can be something sparkly to think about almost a year before next year's um, pickle gift comes around again. I then shared an ADHD-friendly tool, which is having a theme or a word of the year. And I shared how my word is intention and I have a visual prompt. So I always encourage if you um, find a word that connects to you, that you're feeling, you know, really kind of resonates and energetically connects to you that you'd like to try using to help kind of define a theme for your year, what prompt will you use to remind yourself that that's the word? And then I talked about the main topic, daily planning. So again, I went from macro, huge annual planning all the way down to daily planning. And next episode, I'm changing things up a little bit. I'm staying with the planning theme, but I've shared, I have four kids and I, for the first 10 years of each of my kids' lives, planned at-home birthday parties around the theme of their choice. And so I have close to, uh, I'd say realistic, I probably have 35 birthday party plans. And I learned through holding 30, around 35 different at-home birthday parties around different themes. There were only, I think, two that overlapped and picked the same theme that I was able to pretty much recycle it, but they were almost all unique every single time. And I share how I planned the at-home parties that were very ADHD friendly, even before I knew any of my kids had ADHD or anything about my own ADHD. I knew I had to do certain things to support myself to be able to manage that so that they would be fun and hopefully really minimize the chances for meltdowns. And I just want to share that with you. So if you have kids or if you have, you know, someone in your life you're planning a party for, but I'm really going to be focusing on kids. Um, but this can be, you know, something that you think about when you're planning. How can you do it in an ADHD-friendly way? So even if you're an adult, there might be something in the structure of it that can help you if you're ever planning a birthday party. But it's going to be kid birthday party plans that are ADHD-friendly that I'm talking about next time. And, and remember, if you don't have a personal owner's manual yet, I'm really encouraging you, make 2023 the year that you do make your Palm, your personal owner's manual. If you need some support for that, I have lots of tools and resources on my website, adhdfriendly.com. And I invite you just to check it out and see if there's something there that can help you get started. Until next time, Sally Ho.